What's up, Underground? Yo, yo. We back. Ooh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's awkward. Sorry, we just suddenly, we pushed record. We just kind of, sometimes we, we did. just say we, things and we don't know where it Yeah, goes. we moved into like uh, our, our podcast personalities. How you doing? I'm great. Cool. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you. All right, here we go. We're recording a podcast. Brian said something very nice to me just now. You know uh, what you said? I just, that I wanted to be with you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean... We shouldn't even have to explain that. Let's just move on. <laughs> we have a little meeting scheduled afterwards just to hang out, talk about some things. And we're like, oh, I guess we need to record a podcast. Yeah. Um, so today, listeners, you are um, a secondary motive for us. Oh, we talked about motives last week, too. And I walked away regretting it because I said it in a way that somebody's going to be like, their feelings are probably hurt. Mm. Anyway, um, new nugget today. We're jumping into a new nugget in disciple making. We are. And we... I, I'm not really sure what to call it. I, I put a box around what I think that we landed on. Yeah. I but we, we kind of came at it from several different angles. What What does the box say? The box says, nugget of disciple making. Timing. Time. Is everything. Oh, is that what you wrote? Timing is everything. That's not what I wrote, but that's what I said. Like, I'm looking at the box, and that's not what it says. So. I know, but it felt like, a, you know, that's a phrase that everybody uses. So in disciple making, timing is also everything. I yeah. When I was thinking about it, I was like, the main catchphrase I felt was, "Go the speed of the group," or "Go the speed of God." Um, and so th- there's just a handful of very practical nuggets. So this is like a little nugget dish of nuggets. It's a dish of nuggets. This is a dish of nuggets all around. The dish is timing questions. Yes. Qu- questions of disciple making. Uh, even like conversations, how do you, when you start groups, how fast do you go in groups? What do you like, when do you introduce this or that? Um, are you, is it painfully slow? Is it going faster than you thought? Right. This like the dish is timing and the little nuggets are some of those very specific questions that I feel like come up, uh, when you do any kind of coaching relationships and disciple making you, you, you come across some of these, you know? So we have a couple ideas and then we'll just kind of see what rolls in the next, 25, 30 minutes. Um, how does that sound, Brian? That sounds great. I I like that we narrowed it down to, to timing is everything. I'm going to stick with that we, title. We, we narrowed care. that down. I don't care what you think. In the box that actually is well, not written in. Well, the, the reason that I like that better than the original thing you were saying is your first comment was go the speed of the group. Or go the speed of God, and I think that in itself is a question. <laughs> like, wait, yeah. do I? How do I know if I'm going at the speed of the group or going at the speed of God? Is mm-hmm. God saying go faster? Is He saying go slower? The group feels like, and that's really what we're wrestling out. Is sometimes you have to sit in it for a while. Sometimes you're probably going too fast. Sometimes you're probably going too slow. Mm-hmm. And it, th- this isn't a new one either. I feel like in some ways we've integrated some of this, totally. like in like in our disciple making is messy mm-hmm. we kind of touched briefly on um uh staying too long in a place mm-hmm. or not staying long enough mm-hmm. uh this this is a s- similar but different in that it's like no there's actually some i have relationships with people and i'm trying to decide like at what pace do we go right not whether i should stay or go should i stay or should i, I have to pay for that now Oh man! <laughs> yeah, your face. You're like, like, oh no, <laughs> we don't make any money on this. I was gonna say I'll get out my wallet, but I don't. I don't. But there's carry a, a wallet. In this, uh, yeah, in this question, we're saying there's like you. You're clearly you have disciple making relationships, 
or they're beginning to form. You're in a context. And if you're thinking about the missionary pathway, begin in prayer, live as a missionary, uh, plant the gospel, microchurch emerges, and then the nuances of all that, like what's the pace through that? Mm-hmm. So when we train around this, that genuinely is a question. It's like, is this linear? Does this happen one right after the other? Yeah. And I've had people in cohorts I've led that are like, um, we're on week five, which means we're in gospel planting, and I've like just got to the point of maybe thinking about how to pray more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, was I supposed to be further along at this point? Or yeah. I was like, no, we're just giving you the highlights. You have to actually contextualize this. Yeah. Yeah. And then bless, man. Rob says this all the time. He's like, for some people, it's like six weeks. For some people, it's three years mm-hmm. before there's breakthrough into the mm-hmm. next phase. So, yeah. yeah. Where, where we lean into within the KC Underground is uh, that nice christian phrase called incarnational ministry. Incarnation being like, um, as, as Jesus is God in flesh, incarnated, right? Like the idea is that we are, you, you, how's that hot chocolate? It's just mixing. Brian is a uh, is a eight year old forty year old sometimes. <laughs> I don't mean to be distracted. <laughs> That's good. And so incarnational is the idea that we we really want to mobilize disciple makers across the city that uh, own their area, their sphere, their relationships. Um, and it, but we also lean hard into disciple making movement principles where we find the spiritually interested people. We try to disciple groups together that we try to start environments that we're discovering Jesus together, responding in obedience. Um, And so that's where it's like timing issues comes in and and really a lot of those places and those conversations, very practical. So in some ways we're going to almost like journey the missionary pathway a little bit and talk about key timing issues. And then um, probably camp out a little bit in actual discovery settings and microchurch settings where questions come up a lot like man when do i um when do we pray do we introduce prayer do we start with it? like yeah. when you know like i feel like you know we we're talking about leadership we're talking about this or that and then there's big sin issues like these people are, like some of the people in our group are not really quote unquote getting it you know <laughs> what do we do with that you know and there's these are real questions that happen in the real messiness of day-to-day stuff so i think we'll answer all of those questions for you today with uh, absolute clarity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. I was like, I don't, that's not going to happen at all. Um, so what? Timing is everything. Why? Because we tend to be a people that want to go too fast or uh, maybe too slow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like really the why, th- this is me trying to do the whole context mm-hmm. thing. What? Why? Uh, the why piece is like, because we get off to the, you know, manufactured timelines mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and then we get frustrated because we're not meeting our timelines totally. or uh, that we're moving fast and we're frustrating other people because they're not moving on our timeline. Uh, yeah. But I, I was thinking too, you know, we always want to ground this in scripture. So yeah, just thinking about the life of Jesus. Uh, one of the things that, again, we, we actually have a lexicon. We don't tell people this, but we try to write phrases down that we say all the time, kind of bring it up. Um, and one of our phrases is about Jesus, that he spent 30 years in obscurity and three years in power. Mm-hmm. And we tend to want the three years of power without the 30 years in obscurity. Yeah. Um, so that 30 years was not unintentional. Jesus wasn't like out there in Nazareth, like, nah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not ready yet. He was being intentional. When you talk about the incarnational piece, he was learning so much about humanity. Uh, and his timing is, I'm going to wait. Uh, we're not there yet. Even even his mother going, 
do something about this wine problem at this wedding. And he's like, it is not, not yet time. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though like 30 seconds later, apparently it was time. He was like. <laughs> he was respecting his mom. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some of that. But yeah, yeah, totally. Like, man, I think of that. What is that? In Peter, like God, God is not slow in keeping his promises, you know, like just the whole timing question. We've used this phrase a couple of times, I think on podcasts where it's not about going fast or slow. It's going the timing of God. Yeah. Um, and I like what you're saying that we have this manufactured timeline in our brain. I don't, I remember, and this is kind of a different topic, but kind of not where I was, uh, I used to get the question all the time when I would train people in discovery Bible study, mostly I, like, uh, Divorced from the whole missionary pathway journey, training people in disciple making using discovery, questions always come up of, well, when does a DBS end? How long does a discovery Bible study go? And uh, if we just have it as a program in our brain, then that's a that's a pretty relevant question. <laughs> if we have it in a, this is how we make disciples. So it's almost like, hey, when do these relationships with my neighbors end? When does our spiritual family stop meeting? You know, like that's more what we're talking about. The reason why we we frame this in an entire conversation of seeing microchurches emerge that multiply is that we want to make disciples at the timing of God. It might be catalytic. Is that the right word? Uh, or, or just a spark. It might just, there, there, are, there are parts in the timeline where suddenly, boom, right? It just like accelerates way faster after it's been really slow for a while. Um, there are other times where, yeah, you are just, you are going the speed. You're, you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to show up and bring the, the, the revelation or the conviction, um, or whatever, you know? So let, maybe we start off. I'm just writing questions down. Yeah, that's good. Um, you, you, you let in with one, so I'll throw this one back to you. I, I'm just going to ask you questions. Oh, crap. <laughs> and you just answer them. Okay. okay. I'm not going to answer anything. I feel I, I feel this. very. I can do this. I can um, do this. I don't know what I feel. Anyway, number one. Uh, <laughs> you your question was, when do we introduce prayer? Mm. And that one feels important to start with because, um, I, it just yeah, because yeah. we say prayer begins, we begin in prayer. That we stay in prayer. Prayer is always the one that we begin with, etc. So um, your question was really more like within the discovery environment. Yep. When do we do that? Yeah, that's the, that's a good question. Uh, again, we're going to answer these in saying it. it's the speed of groups, it, you know, from group to group, from microchurch to microchurch, whatever, is they're as unique from one another as any other personality to personality to personality, meaning where it's not just a, here's the answer, do this every time. So I'm framing my answers. Yeah. Contextualize. If you're hearing this, nothing Corey is saying is uh, black and white or true (laughs) or, or wise. If you're hearing this disregard everything is what Brian's saying. No, exactly. Like, uh, but at the same time we lean towards specific things. So I would say to you, the question of when do we introduce prayer? I was originally taught by, uh, catalysts overseas that are working with completely unreached and or unengaged people groups that a lot of times even either groups would start in the, a power encounter with God right and so they already know there's a powerful God, or um, they would not even introduce prayer until it was discovered in scripture right um, so that was some of the framework that I was sitting in for a long time and as I started really being a practitioner in the states I realized that um, sometimes that's helpful on like a totally uh, unreligious, quote unquote, group of people. And they're really curious, but they haven't had really any encounters with God or anything like 
I think that is really good to go at this, go at this being wait to not necessarily put in Christian activity into a group if it's not ripe and ready for it in some capacity. Um, but other times it's like, especially if you have a group that man, maybe they like, I'm just thinking through, there was a, like a healing moment in prayer, or they had some kind of encounter with God through you in a conversation. Then I think the miraculous, the door had been open a little bit where even prayer can be introduced. Um, so like, I've got a couple examples in my brain. I've got one group that I've been a part of recently that, um, it is full of people who profess that they are Jesus followers. Um, we, we, prayer is a part of it. It was from the first group, right? But at the same time, very, very early people, you know, in their walk with Jesus. Because their expectation of that environment was that it would be an environment that's sort of spiritually informed. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm just trying no, to like good. pull stuff out where it's like, if, if if the people entering into the space are like, well, this will be a spiritual environment. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Introduce prayer. If there's no expectation of that, maybe lower your speed of like, all right, let's all pray together. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like that might be just the most awkward, you know, like this is not, it's just different, right? Because maybe it was around the, maybe their people are actually gathering together because you had this, some spiritual conversations and we're like, let's dive deeper into this. And then for you to begin with prayer, because that's what you do in small groups or Bible studies, uh, might just be like, Whoa, what's going on? Yeah. It might, it might rush them too quickly. Like yeah. I know, uh, our, our buddy Hugh Halter talks about, uh, gathering friends for, uh, some, some event, uh, something that was a couple of weeks before Easter or something. I think St. Patty's day. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, like, in that moment, he just gathered everybody around at the end. And they sort of know, like, hey, this is a spiritual guy based on the way you live and the things you talk mm-hmm. about. But at the end, he goes, hey, I just want to uh, read this blessing out over you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a prayer, mm-hmm. sort of a subversive Irish prayer. Yeah. And, the, and people hear it. And so it's like he's even... Um, it's not just about how introducing prayer, but how you introduce it. Yeah. You know, offering a blessing versus like, Oh Lord, bless these people that are, you know, totally. like having, totally. having some fun with the space anyway. And you know, it's funny because we, we talk about a bunch of, we've had a bunch of podcasts, but we say begin with prayer. I mean, prayer on mission, pray for people and with people. So hear us. We are all about that. Totally. And that, and that blows doors open. I'm just saying like, be, go the speed of the group. So we've, we've had a group that's been going for a long time that um with kids was kids was the way that we started really introducing prayer because the first couple questions of a dbs is like what are you thankful for what's a challenge um and we immediately started praying with the kids i mean not immediately a few weeks into it we would then say like we'd have the kids be like okay now guys just like you said what you're thankful for and what's been hard now we just say the same thing we'll just say it to god so you can say and dear god thank you for Right. And yeah, like, yeah. and then all the kids would start to pray. So we actually, in our microchurch now, we split up because we have all these, we have new families with a bunch of people. Like we've, we split up and have all the kids be in groups, three or four kids kind of close to age range. And we just have them do that. And they all pray together. Do it. Oh, and it's the, man. it's so freaking beautiful. Um, but they were praying together before the adults were. That's awesome. You know, and we had, we had adults in the, that are in the group that basically said, I will come to this thing. If I'm never expected to pray out loud, mm-hmm. that was one person who totally. said that. So it's like at that point, you better be a little bit respectful. Of course, this person is it's matured so much. It's so fun to watch uh, the growth of this person. But like, 
I'm not, you better not introduce prayer, make someone pray too early who yeah. voiced that. Well, I got, <laughs> man, I, I, we may end up camping out on this one for yeah, a while. Maybe, maybe. Um, cause I have three quick stories that I would say like, it, it's fun to go back in this podcast and go, Oh, we actually operate out of like, we're sharing stories that we were informed by that we incorporated mm-hmm. into how we would train other people. Mm-hmm. First one would be one of the churches I served at. I think I was, I know I was 24. It was my first Sunday on staff at this place. And I was, I used to break strings every Sunday when I would lead every single week because I just was immature and played way too hard. Mm-hmm. You just want me to say it, don't you? No. I want to know which, which I string know, is it, man. I just I, I mean, broke cl- all of clearly them. Clearly, it's the G string, <laughs> which I did not know when I asked that question. But. <laughs> I knew what you were doing. All right, so, do I have to edit that out? I don't know. Okay, I don't think so. Okay, Wait, is, all right. Okay. Let's just move on. So, um, anyway, this happens, and I lean over to uh, a person that was on the stage with me. I was like, "Hey, hey, just pray real quick. I gotta switch guitars." Because that's what you do. You use prayer as a transition <laughs> moment, which was also immature, right? Uh, um, and this person leaned back and said, I've never prayed in front of people before. Mm, mm. I was like, oh, you're on stage in front of people, mm. and you've never prayed in front of people before. Mm. It was like, a, I was like, "Interesting." oh, well, just stand there. <laughs> I just switched guitars, and then <laughs> I jumped back in. Yeah. And it was a moment where it was like, you know, sh- this person didn't feel... Uh, confident probably because like what you're saying no one had ever maybe like you can hear it but there's still this like i don't i don't know if i can do that in front Mm -hmm. of people can i just share my thoughts can Mm -hmm. i just communicate with god and that that is it does feel like a holy thing totally and and so like there's probably fear around messing up sounding whatever Mm. so people need that space to learn so i love the way that you're teaching with the kids Second story, um, we're on, we're in Kampala on like a seven, eight day mission trip. And this, we were playing soccer. So I took a bunch of soccer guys with me and this guy was sitting at the table and I was like, Hey, how about you pray for us before this meal? And he leaned over and he goes, um, I don't actually do that or believe in that stuff. (laughs) And I was like, how how did I miss that? <laughs> in my head, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know? uh, right, right. He, he goes, can I just say some things I'm thankful for? I was like, absolutely, that's great. Yeah. Fortunately, I didn't blow the moment, and yeah. he and I ended up having a great friendship when we got back mm. and just exploring spiritual conversations. Mm. Uh, so it was an environment for him to like be a part of what we were doing, watch us communicate about Jesus, be a part of bringing good news in the spaces in which we existed. Mm. But it was just a moment where I was like, I just assumed a lot of things, but I also gave him space to do it in like what was comfortable and good, right? Yeah. And then the third just kind of anecdotal story would be um, going back to the idea of like what what are people's expectations? Um, Another group of guys that was just meeting regularly, and there was no expectation of like spiritual stuff, but it was, I'm like, but I invited you into this space Mm. and you know me. And one night, our conversation just got really open, really vulnerable. And this was a, like, go at the pace of God where I was like, man, I just really feel out the Spirit saying, hey, just pray over them. Mm. And I was like, hey, could we pray? And, you know, that was the, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I sure. Mm-hmm. And just tried to pray specifically over the things I heard. And 
it 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 changed the dynamic from there forward. Yeah, like there was an openness to go like, like it it didn't happen every week, but it was just a part of it that was acceptable after that point. That was like that's good. Somebody had to take the risk. Yeah, you know? that's good. I think I think that highlights. The, the, you don't have to have the artificial timeline in your brain. That and there are times, man, if if God's leading you to pray over a group, and it very well might be the moment that opens some doors that makes this whole concept easier to understand. Like, I'm not saying don't pray early on. I'm just saying be sensitive to where the group's at and where the conversation is, where the starting point is. And the same can be said, and this may be a little transition, but it's yeah, to, I was about to transition us. to scripture, like what scriptures to use the timing mm-hmm. of like, so we have a couple of scripture uh, lists that we point people to. Let me, before you go into the actual scripture pieces, like the transition from you've prayed for people, it got spiritual. When do you take them to there? Like that's the timing that I think is behind About that. the prayer? Or when we pray? Or when we go to scripture? When, we, when do you go to scripture with a group? Like I think that's a question a lot. I think you mm-hmm. are you are assuming you're answering something without actually framing the question. On so the I front. think, so then, then we, if that's the question, then we, we pull back a little bit into missionary pathway where we're living as missionaries and having spiritual conversations how does a group form right how do you because you often a group forms when uh around that the spiritual interest side like um so yeah i mean that's i think we should converse about this together not just you asking me because (laughs) the let's use different settings as examples of this conversation so uh, like let's use a neighborhood setting because that's been a lot of your context over the years, right? Like you're you're building a friend group, right? You're you're building a community of people, and then you're starting to uh, bring in a lot of spiritual concepts, conversations. You're starting to have some rhythms of a community and life, uh, but you're not diving into scripture yet, right? You're not necessarily so. That's one area of it. And so I would love, I'd love to lean in for you. Like what does timing look like in that setting? And then kind of a different, I'll, I'll point to a different one. I, I think maybe it's helpful for the 12 of you that listen to here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm often wondering, is it time? Mm-hmm. Is it time? And and I'm like, I, I think it's time, but I'm still a little afraid, yeah, Totally. but I think it's time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the timing on it is, you know, to go back to one of the tools that we use in the missionary pathway, red light, yellow light, green light. Mm. Like I've had enough green lights with this person. Uh, and I can tell you I've blown it sometimes too. On totally. like that the timing was clear. I'm sitting with a group of guys in a space um, way back when, whatever. And I was like, hey, guys, um, you know, like, would you be interested in, in hanging out at our house? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was just like, I didn't know how to say it, like, totally, it, in yeah. that moment. Yeah. And two of them were like, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that was clearly time, mm-hmm. and I did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of our biggest regrets, was like, oh, we didn't go back and really follow up, because the, it was the green, like, we could have blown through that light, baby. Totally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we didn't, like, follow up, so... But it was a moment because of a spiritual conversation around a table in a backyard where the conversation just went to that place where it was like, well, we, I think we'd love to have you. Do you think... It, and there were a lot of other factors that played into that, but it right. is like... Man, that was it. It had been several years that we were working with those families, hmm. and yeah. 
So, dude, so that's actually th- that's one that I wrote down, and that's a really good timing question of like uh, the reality of American culture and scheduling. I mean, Corey McElvain and I have been texting for the last two weeks, and we're three weeks out to schedule a simple thirty-minute <laughs> yeah. coffee just to hang. Right? It's like the the reality is it's hard to sometimes get face to face with people. So I always encourage people on this. Even though we just spent all this time saying, go at God's timing, go whatever. When you have a spiritual conversation and you have a very like specific, hey, would you be interested in discovering more about that together? Schedule it as soon as you possibly can. Like have a, and that's where I'll tell people, have a thing you invite them to or a thing that you start together. It would be a better way of saying it. Um, hey, let's st- let's do this. What, so, what do you do? What do your families do on Sunday mornings? Like let's gather together and you, you, you start something so that they're in it. It's a thing. Um, that's why discovery Bible study, quote unquote, as a thing is helpful. Can I immediately push back? Nope. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> push back. What do you mean? <laughs> like, um, I'm just playing out the ordinary person, real person, mm-hmm. i.e. me. Like, okay. Um, so let's say that was on like a Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon or something, whenever it was, I was hanging out. Um, it's like, well, <clears throat> I mean, probably Sunday. Like, literally, mm. nobody was doing anything. Mm. But, like, what if it's, like, this is, I think, what plays in the narrative, you know, mm-hmm. in the head. It's like, but what if it's bad and it doesn't go well and they don't come back? Like, don't I need some more planning time mm. so we can make sure it's right and good? And then that way it'll it'll be good and keep going. Mm. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I think that's, like, the what holds a lot back is I'm, I'm also pushing back, not against you, but just to say it out loud. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. if it's bad, it's okay. Totally. And it doesn't mean that you've lost the opportunity totally. to continue being, um, you know, this this disciple maker missionary in that space. Totally. It just means you had a bad event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe when, when even starting a thing, you it might be a few weeks out before you get that thing going, you know. It, and so, but you're starting some. There's a there's active steps towards doing something about it. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like catapult that time into really gathering together. That's that's where the intentionality comes. That's where the timing, to me, that's a Kairos moment timing mm-hmm. where, and that's where we tend to not know what to do, mm-hmm. where we say, okay, I've had these spiritual conversations and now I invite them to church. You know, like that's kind of where we, that's the framework, that's where it's ended in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying, like use that and be intentional to gather people together in the, you know, space and just do a thing, schedule that thing. Make it happen. Get on the calendar. And it does not have to be big and, you know, and it's just like it's it's that's why the incarnational piece is like a real thing. It's like, you know, these people. Right. It's like part of this is the people that you're you're investing in. So it's it's natural to hang out with them. You know, also these people see you in everyday life. Mm. So they already like if that's your, if if what I just said was like your concern they know it's going to be not great. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're just a person and you invited them into your space. So well done you, Mm -hmm. as Alex Absalom would say, (laughs) well done you. Um, And like, it's okay. You know, don't, don't hold your, like this is a space where we, we could lead into another side of the timing and go, you took step one to get it on the calendar but yeah, give yourself some grace. Push it a couple of weeks out. Yeah. If you know you're a planner, give yourself some space to plan. Yeah, that's fine. And but also don't overthink it because there there is a reality of like the moment is there, the spiritual temperature is high, 
um, and the enemy also heard it. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be actively working against. That's probably some, I mean, I'm just yeah. saying this out loud now, hearing myself going, yeah, he's probably going to be at work against you. So like, don't, don't wait too long. Mm. Don't give him room to have them going home and going, oh, I don't know if I should do that. Maybe totally. That was- I mean, that's honestly what I was thinking about. It's not necessarily the, the enemy pressing against it, although that's a part of it, is that people tend to talk themselves out of yeah. opportunities like that. And so that's why it's just like, and, and don't believe the lie that you've ruined your chances moving forward if that's like right. it doesn't go well or you don't get it scheduled like because you're you're loving these people that's why we talk so much about being good news and loving people and but it's just a reality man i was sitting with some disciple makers from a global setting and where it was they have a really specific timeline of how many weeks they're into a group before they might essentially like kill it off mm-hmm. or like and it's so i don't know that's a hard way of saying it but one of the leaders basically asked me what's that timeline for you you know, and I said, man, it takes five weeks for me to schedule a dinner with my neighbor. Like that's that's a Western context reality for us. So I was mm-hmm. like, we're navigating these these things. So I think honestly, I think that's a good probably good place to pause. Yeah, because I we're I have three more questions that I think are like the flow out of this. Cool. That are going to be all about timing. Yeah, that's good, man. Like, and we can even probably between now and when we record next time, think of a few of those. Because I'm thinking, yeah, scripture lists. I'm thinking of baptism. Like I'm thinking oh, of. Man. Like when when do some of these things come multiplication? Like when does that pop? Like you threw out there. When does it end? How long does it go? Speaking of the discovery spaces, I threw out. Well, I didn't throw out. I wrote down. When do we do the deeper stuff, Corey? When do we do the deeper stuff? Yeah. When do we introduce like you know? Which is we have answers for that too. But you know, when do we add elders? Yeah. When do I invite somebody else to lead? Mm, yeah um when do i when do i yeah when do i share leadership so So, like we've got a lot of questions that people ask us pretty consistently of timing when timing when so we've we've given two we didn't give all the answers and maybe they're unclear (laughs) but these are the first two that are kind of big it's like man when when do we introduce prayer into these spaces and then how do we begin to move people into Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So we we're now a series within a series of timing. Holy cow! We did it again. We are. It's a bowl of timing nuggets. So the series is a uh, timing nuggets, and then our bowl is yeah, probably two or three episodes. So cool. Well, hey, remember when we first started, we're like, I wonder if we have anything to talk about. <laughs> I got excited too, oh, man. man. I was like, no. Okay. Well, then I, we better just bum 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 bum. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.